0: गुरुदेव की जय, इमानमहापुरुष की जय, भी हरीनाम संचेतन की की जय, भक्त So. <coughs> Welcome to all. Good afternoon, and uh, we are hmm, beginning, if you will, a new series of lectures under the suggestion of the devotees. Especially Samsunda was the one who kindled. For... You know, he said the wrong demon. Oh, okay. He Okay, I went for Bhishma Sura. Okay. So. I just realized that today. Okay. okay. <laughs> Yeah, after that I thought, because you spoke about something with the wind or something, I said, well, that's being of art, it's not Bhritra I that's went been for been it. No problem, no problem. That was a good yoga Maya, arrangement there. <laughs> so the idea will be, we'll be speaking about uh, a section of the Bhagavad, sometimes called Bhava Sloki, which has to do with a series of prayers of Bhritra which appear in the sixth uh, canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, This is a very interesting section, because Richard appears at least in the disguise of a demon, but he will be offering (laughs) a very unique series of prayers to Bhagavan, uh, to the point that that section will be considered one of the different uh, chatur-slokis of the world. So I think we will be spending one class per verse, it's four verses, but today we may have some introduction to to the whole section, to give a little bit of context and background regarding what has happened after and what will happen uh, before, what has happened before and what will happen after first, the, the, these statements. So this song, of if you will, if you want to call it Song of Richard Sura, appears in the sixth canto which is basically the intermediate canto, the and we find twelve volumes, so we are speaking here about the sixth one, <coughs> so what we will find here is, mainly in the sixth canto, the main sections of the sixth canto have to do with um, um, Ajamil and Brita Sule. mostly the whole of the sixth canto has to do with Ajamil, and you know the story of Ajamil and the Vishnu Dutas, Yamadutas, and Nara and Nara <laughs> at the very beginning of the sixth Cantor And then uh, after this Ajamil Charit, or the qualities, the narration of Ajamil comes the British Sur section, which is really uh, well known along the, the Bhagavad. Mm-hmm. And both of us will speak about the grace of Bhagavan, the grace of Hari in connection to Bhakti. So it's a very crucial and canto if you will, in the whole Bhagavatam. And these prayers that we will be sharing are really important because they have somehow depict the frame frame of mind of, of, of a devotee, how a devotee who aspires of which situated in pure Bhakti, Uttan Bhakti will address Bhagavan. But the sura one is not a Brajavasi per se, It's not just promoting explicitly Raganuga Bhakti, <laughs> but the mood of his prayers constitute like the foundation on which Vrajalila and all that will be presented in, in, in the 10th canto of the Vatican, you know? So that's a very interesting like uh, Trailer you know, that is showing us where the Bhagavatam is pointing to which will be the like the converging point and interestingly again, it's happening in the 6th canto which is kind of in the right in the middle of the of the work. No. Sometimes Guru Gumara says you put sometimes a secret in, in the middle, something very valuable in the middle of the book. No? So Krishna in the ninth chapter of the Gita, he said very beautiful things. And similarly here in the sixth canto we can find very interesting statements. And again this British section about Brita Sura is pretty much uh, renowned and many many other scriptures for example, other Puranas, the Bhagavatam, when, when they speak about the Bhagavatam, not always, but in some occasions, they will refer to the Bhagavatam as that book which includes the story of Sura. Hmm. Interestingly. Sura. Interestingly, there are different statements by different Puranas, but in many, they identify like that. For example, also Sridhar Swami, the famous uh, ancient commentator of the Bhagavatam that Mahaprabhu himself Revered so much no? when he begins the, his Babar Tadipika, which means his commentary on the Bhagavatam, which sets light on the purport of the Bhagavatam. In the very first purport to the first verse, first canto, first chapter, he mentioned that the Bhagavatam is not it's known as the book that contains 18,000 verses divided into 12 cantos. I think we know that contains instructions from Brahma Vidya, taught by the sage Dadichi, describes the killing of Bhritrasura and begins with Gayatri Mantra. That's what Shri has to say about the Bhagavatam. Of course, many implications there, But Bhritrasura And Dadichi also is connected to this section, also. Awesome. And also in the Agni Purana, a similar statement is made there. also, no? like, Bhritrasura, Badopitam, tad Bhagavatam is this ba- the Bhagavatam is called Bhagavatam and that includes the story of British Sura's death. That's what Agni Purana mentioned about the Bhagavatam. So and especially the, the death of British. Surya. We will see that these prayers are presented in just before British Sura is about to be um, killed by Indra. So this story, and I will today give again some summary of that, will be presented between chapters seven and chapter 13 of the 6 canto so it's 7 8 9 10 11 12 so there are seven chapters of the of the Bhagavad and, and there are more as we will see because after that will come the question of Pariksit maharaj but who was Richard Sura? who was this so called demon that was praying in such a wonderful way so then comes the story of chitraketu till almost the end of the 6 chapter so this is almost more than half of the six canto of the Bhagavatam focus on around British Buddhist thing. British prayers. So these four verses as I mentioned have been defined as Bhava Chatur Shloki. So Chatur Shloki means four shlokas. We have we know maybe of the Chatur shloki in the Bhagavad Gita, these four verses that somehow rather encapsulate the whole content of the word present in um, chapter 10, verses 8 to 11. We won't go into that direction. <laughs> and also we we know about the chatur shlohi of the Bhagavat, and the most the most well-known one, which are four verses that um, Krishna imparts to Brahma at the dawn of creation, which happened to be in the second country ninth chapter. Um, but this chatur shloki, the one that Krishna speaks to Brahma, has to do mainly with Tatva. In this case we are speaking about bhava. Sometimes sadhus have termed these four verses that we will be studying a bhava, chatur shloki. So again, four verses which encapsulate the essence of the bhava that the Srimad Bhagavatam wants to give us, of the mood that ultimately the Bhagavatam is about, which has to do with Vrindavan. But again, in order for us to enter Vrindavan, to access such a, a domain, we have to have certain things in place of Tatwa, but also of Baba in terms of um, sadhanagati and certain proper conception of, uh, yeah, analoid Bhakti, if you will. Because we should speak, know how to speak about analoid Bhakti before speaking in detail about Bra- Braja Bhakti. That's a particular form of analog Bhakti, but we should understand what analog Bhakti, Ananya Bhakti, Ultan Bhakti. So these four verses are speaking about that and are giving us again like a trailer of what's coming in the 10th canton, what will be fully unfolding then in, in the description of Rendav. Very much about, as Guru Mahal would say, I don't want anything, I don't want anything, Nothing but rendering bhakti to you. So let's share today a little bit um, the background story of these prayers of Britosura and also an afterthought about that. Uh, So it's interesting because, as you will see, Sura will be some type of divine angel dressed as a demon. Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. Generally, (laughs) Mundra mudra beginabuya. Uh, not easy to, to recognize the Bhaisna and to understand his her movements. Uh, they he may even appear like him. And so here we will find this, Brita Sura is a, officially is the bad guy, and Indra is the good one, the chief of the devas, but if, if you look closely, the roles are <laughs> inverted. Uh, and and Sura ends being the hero, and Indra, with all respect, as you know, is a billion. The Bhagavatam he's presented as such for moments. Now of course we are not condemning Indra, he's a devotee as well. But we will see that Vritrasura's standing is much, much above. So let's give some context. Before entering into the sixth canto on these prayers of Vritasura, we find ourselves in the fifth canto, where at the end of the fifth canto Sukadev Goswami was describing to Maharaj for the heavenly domain heavenly planets, Swarga and sorry, the um, hellish planets. And and then he will start to speak about Swarga after describing the hellish planets. So then comes a description of Swarga in the sixth canto eventually. And part of that depiction means implies a description of Indra, who is again the very name it, Indra means like boss. No? Boss you say Indra? chief, the chief one, the boss, in heaven. (laughs) So, so some description of Indra's situation as the king of heaven is there, he's drinking Soma all day long, this like elixir, celestial elixir, like drunk, drunken of, of Soma, basically. But also, we will see, he will become more drunk in another sense, eventually. So he's drinking so much, in the Gandharvas, singing the Apsaras, dancing, and, 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 and he's becoming an effulgent in that heavenly context. Um, everything is very beautiful and very aesthetic and very artistic, and they are sweating lotus aroma. So, everything, even the sweating, falls into the category of work of art. So Indra is just delighted in all that. You know. <laughs> Situation, and everyone is glorifying Indra with Vedic Now, especially in the Vedas, there are lots of glorification to to Indra. So, so he starts to become more and more intoxicated, not only because of drinking soma, but because of drinking the praise directed to him, <laughs> and because of yeah, pratisya in brief words. So, and again, Indra is depicted in the Bhagavatam on many occasions is uh, one of our main gurus in the Bhagavatam regarding teaching us what not to do, in this case. No? You see the Govardhan, Lila and many other instances where Indra just like loses his mind and great, in great part because of intoxication with precision, lava puja, pratista, worship and so on. So the Bhagavatam describes that Indra is in that state, too much, uh, how do you say in English, like full of himself, and he make a fool of himself by being mm-hmm. fool of himself. <laughs> so at one point Brihaspati comes into the scene. So who is Brihaspati? is the guru of the devas. So that means he's Indra's Guru. So I mean you are the disciple, your guru enters. We have been speaking about this these days in the lectures of Vaishnava etiquette, how we should behave if the guru is entering. Sanatan Goswami says in Kari Bhakti Bulas, you should stand up to welcome your guru. If you are seeing him for the first time of the day, you should offer pranam minimum. And, and, and not certain, decorum no, from the disciple to the guru. But in this particular case, Brihaspati enters on the stage, but Indra is too intoxicated with Pratishtha. And he knows that his guru is entering, but he doesn't want like, to lose the moment no? <laughs> because he wants the center. Everything was revolving around him and suddenly if his guru comes means Oh, now a new center is coming and I don't want to to give the throne, if you will. Even if it's my guru, that was the particular situation. So instead of falling to the ground offering pranam to his guru, he made like, oh, I didn't see him, and continue with the, the lighting in himself, if you will, basically. He was just on the top of the wave, if you will, want to speak in surfing terms. So he didn't want to lose the you know, he was Tarangarangini as we say. <laughs> he was riding the waves. You know, he said Bhakta but there there are some byproducts of Bhakti that may, may you surf too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the point is that he continued like if nothing happened and everyone continued, but Brihaspati could notice. Indra, Indra is aware that I'm here. But he is not offering proper regard. He's not. He's indulging, overtly indulging in, in Pratista. So immediately it is said that uh, Brihaspati disappears. You know, he went there, but he retired. So when Brihaspati disappears, Indra at that moment understood oh, I made Guru for us. You know? In other words, I mean, and, and he went to look for him. You know? Indra went running here and looking, Brihaspati, Guru Dev, Guru Dev, no Guru De. In other words, I mean, Guru, 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 Guru Aparat is there, Guru Kripa is no longer there. That, that's also the teaching of the Balajan you know? Whenever you don't you know, show proper regard to your Guru, you are bereft of shelter, basically. So Indra, again, was looking for him, Brihaspati did not appear, and it is said that at that moment, Indra started to lose his power. Basically, So the idea, of course, is when Guru Kripa is retiring, the mercy of Guru is retiring, the disciple loses his her power. So at that point, the Asuras, as you may know, the Asuras are always trying to find an entry point into Swarga and battle with the devas and so on. They realize, oh, Indra now is, has lost his power. He has lost Guru Kripa. It's our moment. It's a portal if you will, so they were thinking about entering, so they started to attack the devas and they they fought and they won, and they took Swarga all together, you know? so you can imagine, this is a classical dynamics in the Vedic lore, you know? the Asuras and devas and one winning one losing and devas losing going to Narayan, please help us, we are in anxiety, thank you Narayan and so on. So, Indra has lost his throne, has lost his position as his king of heaven and so on. So, he was thinking, okay, he realized to some level, I lose, I lost this because of offending my Guru. And and, and because of offending my Guru, I, I'm without Guru. So, without Guru, without Shakti, without Shakti, I'm no longer Indra, if you will. So, he, he realized, I need to have a Guru in order to recover my throne and all that. So, but Brihaspati disappeared, so he started to look for another guru. <laughs> reinitiation, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. So, eventually, if you say that there's one person called Vishwarupa that appears here on a scene, who was the son of someone called Twashta. so some new names will start to appear here. So Vishwarup accepted Indra as a disciple. And it was a type of relationship more in the Ritual realm, karma kanda, and the Guru will execute some Yajna for the Devas, and the Devas will get benefit from that and gain strength and, and so on. So it is said that Vishwarubh started to perform Yajna for the sake of the Devas, and the Devas start to gain strength again. So, in this point, the Narayan, famous Narayan Kavacha is given to the Devas. It's mentioned in the Bhagavad as well like some, how do you say, ar- ar- armor? Mm-hmm. Mm. But the point is that Vishvaruv, the son of Plasta, came from a mixed family, you know? half part demon, half part uh, sura and asura. You know? So when he was offering this you know, yajna, swaha offering to the devas, part of the offering was also going for his asura DNA, if you will. <laughs> So part of the remnants of the yagna were given, if you will, to his family, the demons in this case. And he was like secret, secretly doing that, like chanting some mantras in a clandestine way without Indra noticing that. But eventually Indra gets to know that. You know? So my Guru is, is cheating me, basically. So again Indra went mad for a second. <laughs> and he killed his Guru. He beheaded... Mm -hmm. he beheaded Vishwarup, so a bad move, for sure, (laughs) as we will see. So again, Indra is giving an example of what not to do. (laughs) So Vishwarup was killed by Indra, and at that time Tuashta, who was Vishwarup's father, came into the scene, he became totally enraged of why Indra did what he did. Mm -hmm. So he considered how to kill Indra. So he himself organized a whole big Homa, fire sacrifice, and he starts to invoke a demon, trying to create a demon out of the jagnya that may be so powerful that it may be able to kill Indra. And this is a section famous also. That this invokes sometimes because he was doing that all this in the context. All this is in the context of karma kanda. So he was invoking some mantra. He pronounced wrong one syllable of the mantra, and instead he was invoking an enemy who may kill Indra. But he just pronounced one accent wrong and the the whole sentence took another meaning, which was some an 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 enemy who will be killed by Indra. Just by one accent of one letter. So that shows how karma kanda, you have to perform that very and a leave very little mistake, everything turns upside down. So we don't follow that. (laughs) But the Bhagavatam is showing indirectly like okay, the price of those paths, if you will. Mm -hmm. So the point is Whatever he says, even though he didn't realize, I'm creating an enemy that will be killed by Indra. Hmm? So from this fire, eventually a powerful demon appeared, like giant, kilometers long, called Bṛhasura. So now Bṛhasura is appearing on the scene finally. <laughs> and let you say that Bṛhasura appeared, and he had such a size that all the devas became frightened just by seeing him at the distance. Sergeant Lemming thinking this only guy can kill us all in one single uh, hit he was so big, they were worth 33 million, but this only guy was able to smash them <laughs> Britra Asura. Britra means someone like encompasses encompasses all, like all pervading almost like because of such a size he had. so it was like so Britra asura, although he will be more sura than asura so the point is that this, you can imagine the devas at this moment will just run to Vishnu, Narayana, all to do, help, 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 help us, recover our throne. So he says to them, okay, go to one sage called Dadichi, here Dadichi appears on the scene, the different main characters, and ask Dadichi that he may sacrifice his own life for you, for your sake. He will do it. He's a sage and he understands the necessity of the moment, and from his bones, he's a very powerful tapasui, a very powerful performer of austerity, you take his bones and you will make a weapon with that and that will be, you will be able to to kill uh, British Sura with that particular weapon. If not, there's no chance. So that's a specific way to do that. (laughs) So they go to the Ditchi, you can imagine, the Ditchi is performing all these tapasias very severe And all the devas come like trembling, crying, please kill yourself for us, Uh, basically. Uh, Because we need to make Bhagavan vision to us, we have to make one weapon from your bones. So please. So the sage was not attached. So I say, okay, no problem. Let it be for the welfare of the universe or whatever. So he died on his own accord. He had this mystic capacity. He didn't have to be killed, even. Like he just left. So they make like a thunderbolt from those bones. Vishvakarma, the like the architect in the devas, was the one behind such a project. Um, and simultaneously to say that Bhagavan was like, um, how do you say in English? Like apasigwando. When you are in anxiety and someone is like consoling or whatever. Indra. No? Bhagavan, Vishnu was consoling him like, do not be afraid. And, and Bhagavan was saying to British Surah, to Indra, actually, British Sura is not an Asura at all, he's my devotee. So there is some plan behind all this. <laughs> this is the idea, no? It seems that someone is a guilty party because of this, but behind that is a bigger picture and a bigger picture, and a big, like some mamushka that becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> so he said, British Sura is a great devotee, he's not envious of anyone. Hmm? So well, the point is that after this, some battle starts between Devas and Asuras you know, trying to recover the throne, Bhrithrasura with the Asuras, Indra with the Devas and So it is said that uh, basically it's all the Devas against Britrasura in this case and you know, he was fighting all of them single-handedly, you say? You know, and it is said that all of Devas started to become more and more afraid because they are attacking and throwing weapons and for Bhrithrasura it was like you know, like toys. He would took them and and break them and so they start to run, to escape from the battlefield. You can imagine that's like the worst ever possible thing that someone may do on a battlefield, like just just running from the battlefield. If you understand the sense of Dharma of the warrior and so on, it's like you know, Arjuna mentioned something that in something like this in the Gita. So they're escaping and bridgesura starts to instruct the devas to the ones, the coward ones, he started to show his real face, like saying, come here, do not leave, if you defeat me you will win Swarga back, if you die in the battlefield you will obtain redemption because of dying by doing your duty, but if you escape you will, you will just re- receive, how do you say, infamy? infamy? infamy. Similar to what Krishna was saying to Arjuna, in the Gita, where do you want to go? <laughs> but the devas started running, nonetheless, and even they you say that someone started to run and try like, to run and go back from British Sura, try to shoot him from the back, which is even lower than running from the battlefield, no? according to the war codes, I mean, you, you shouldn't shoot someone from the back, so they were doing that to Brita Mm-hmm. So British Sura was totally like indignated, you say? No. That's the word? No. Totally so the indignation. Yeah, regarding the devas, not like how... You are, you are supposed to be the devas, you are supposed to be the suras, mm-hmm. and you are acting like totally against your own principles, now, which kind of integrity do you have? Mm-hmm. So he started to instruct each of them individually, the one who were trying to kill from his back, the one who were escaping from the battlefield, but at one point, British started said, "Okay, let's let's make things more dynamic." No? So he started, he, he started to like hit here, and his just like a fighter where he was to really. Okay, I will fight seriously now. So he did like this, and all the devas started to to faint, <laughs> just because of, mm-hmm. of the touch, you know? so powerful was he. Mm-hmm. I need to say that he starts to run after the devas like a maddened bull and starts like to. Attack and destroy each one after the other, like mermalade basically. Like, pff. it was like totally overwhelming personality. So Indra was still in what distance, and he saw that, and he became enraged. Enraged, sorry. So some, how to say, like one-on-one battle started, face to face, like Indra and Britta Sura, and also the rest were already gone and, or killed or whatever on the way. So, Indra first was fighting with some, how do you say, mace? Mace. So, he took it, he tried to throw that to British Sura, and again, British Sura took it with left hand, the less capable hand, you know, and just like resend the mace with this even greater strength to Indra, and he hit the face of Airavata, which was the, the carrier of Indra, the elephant. You know? And Airavata and, and was like almost yeah, at the border of death. And he and British started to insult Indra. You know? Instruct, actually. Not insult, but for Indra. Like, like you, devas, only pray to Bhagavan whenever you need something. You know? Apart from that, you never are aware of him. You know? you are, you are, all of you are, are the same. You, know? you are like merchants. And you are in, in trouble, you run to him. You are having a good time. You are not even aware of your guru. You know? So he started to like to destroying just speaking. So when Sarga there is some problem Sarga you run to Bhagavan, no? And you have left your guru and killed your guru after the other one. So like, I mean, and you are Indra? Are you Indra actually? No. So he was just sizing Indra and preaching to him very deep sense of morality. And Indra was just dumbfounded, he didn't want what to say. Not only because of British Sura's appearance, but his discourse was uh, generally a demon and Asura is not instructed in that direction. So again, Britta is showing more and more who he is. And so we are almost about to the point of where he starts his prayers. So after that, Britta says to him, Well, you have killed my brother. Remember, he killed Bishwarup, uh, who was his guru. And Britta was born from the fire done by Plasta, who was Vishwarup's father. So they were kind of brothers. So he said, "You killed my brother, so I'm here to avenge." You say, "Avenge his death." Mm-hmm. Even though I know that you are blessed, Indra, you are blessed to kill me, no? because he was by the improper prop, um, reciting of the mantra. And also, Bhagavan said to Indra, "You will kill him, no problem. He's my devotee." But he said, "I know you will kill me, but I'm here to fight. No problem," said Sura. So let's fight. Mm-hmm. He was totally undisturbed. Mm-hmm. But is it, at that point, he's, he was like, start to speak about Bhagavan while he was instructing Indra and became more and more absorbed in Harikatha. So this, this, the official starting of the fight was not beginning because British Sura was lost in, in Harikatha. Hari it happens sometimes, no? if you really get absorbed in Hari Kata, you get it's a no return ticket, if you will, no? it's a no return journey. So Brita Sura at one point forgot he was in the battlefield, and he was just glorifying Bhagavan, instructing Indra, and at one point, as we will see when we study the verses, he was imploring to Bhagavan and crying separation from him, and expressing his love for him, all this in the context of the battlefield. So this is the point when he starts to invoke these four main verses called Baba Sloki, the so-called demon mentioning the essence of the Bhagavatam. <laughs> the Bhagavatam, as Gunmarsk will say, you need to pay close attention. Again, part of its essence is presented by so-called Asura. Hmm. So in this section is that we find this Baba Chatur Sloki of the Bhagavatam, which is the, again, the essence of the moon that the Bhagavatam ultimately wants to deliver to us. Hmm. We have not gone yet to the 10th canto. we are in the 6th one, but it's given some Taste of that. So, next will come these four verses that we will start seeing tomorrow. But I will jump for a minute over those four verses with your permission and blessings and go to the remaining chapters that come after the four verses, which help us to understand more in context the background of, Br- of the Surah. So, tomorrow we will hear the prayers and we will realize. Okay, now I understand why so-called demon is saying such and such. thing. so who was Vrityasura before being Vrityasura? Who was him in his previous life? So that's what happens after after this. Vrityasura no? will pronounce his Bhava Chatur Sloki, which we'll be studying tomorrow. And after that, again, he was facing Indra on the battlefield. Vrityasura was totally inward, no? praying to Bhagavan. He was eager to die, as we will see the the prayers, because he was so much in separation of Hari of Bhagavan, and he knew he was still going to be killed by Indra, so he was just almost at one point imploring Indra, kill me, no (laughs) kill me, I cannot bear with this separation of of my beloved. He starts to pray in a very romantic way, if you will even. So Indra this time is like, what's going on? So he he's speaking this type of things after the prayers that we will start seeing tomorrow. Now, Please kill me, so I may attain the lotus feet of Bhagavan. Uh, so Indra becomes like overwhelmed. Now, who is this person? I mean, who is this person? And Pariksit also becomes overwhelmed. Who was? Who is British I mean, Who has, who is the person that is pronouncing such beautiful prayers? Mm-hmm. So, well, now we will go to that part, but it's to say that after this, okay, they have to fight, so Britta Sura comes off his Samadhi and he has to do the Dharma, okay, let's fight and kill me, Indra, please, as quick as possible, so I can go to my beloved Hari. So, but Indra at this point also is really moved, no? he has been really, Britta Sura somehow became his guru at this point, no? instructing him and showing a perfect example so Indra starts to glorify Brita Sura before killing, before starting again the, the fight. You know? And, and he starts to remind other so-called demons who were saintly people being born in the family of demons. And you know? he starts to think about Maharaj, Dalad Maharaj. You know? all of them were Asuras according to DNA, but Sadhus according to you know, deepest consideration. So the same applied to Brita Asura. So, Indra was really humbled by the prayers and Pritza his example of devotion. Uh, so, I need to say, you know, I need to say that at the time of of death, we cannot fake our emotions. We can make a show along our lifetime, but in our death, I mean, you are what you are, <laughs> or who you are, according to how you live your life, so, and Pritza was facing death. He knew, I will be killed in in some time here by indra so he was not hiding anything he was really showing you know, who was which was his true nature again he seemed to be a demon but he was showing his true nature right before leaving this world so indra was glorifying him before killing him <laughs> very particular scenario so indra takes this thunderbolt finally that was made with the bones of of the saints dabici but again before he takes the thunderbolt but starts to glorify British Sur again. No, he, because he's, he has realized, this is not ordinary person, he's above me and, and I have to kill him. So they start to speak for a while between the two and discuss about the principles of pure devotion, and they have an uplifting dialogue. <laughs> and after that they say, well, what to do? We have to fight as a matter of duty. No, it's, it's there, we have to do it. It's, it's in destiny, imprinted in, in, in destiny, if you will. So, and of course, as ordained by destiny, Indra Wanderer, mm, he was the winner, but as you may imagine, Vrithrasura was the hero here in the story, in the battle, no, in this very heart-turning episode. No? So, so it is to say that Indra kills Vrithrasura, mm, but that takes like, uh, he he kind of kills, he, they fight for a while, no, 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 and eventually, okay, it's the moment, killed me. No? So Indra kills Sura, but. At one point he has to cut Vichasura's head for finally killing him with, with the thunderbolt and that took a whole year to Indra to, to do that task because he, he was so big, he had such a huge neck. <laughs> Imagine it's like cutting like, I don't know, 100 trees put all together and you have to cut the, the trunk like those trees you have there in, 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 in California near Eldaria that are like, oh my god, <laughs> we went to those park giant trees okay, I will cut this, prepare for a year or so mm-hmm. because I it's, it's like to say that British Surah was in, in Samadhi you know, he, was, he was not dead, he was immersed in trance I mean while Indra was just like killing him <laughs> in one year, <laughs> but British Surah was not feeling pain he was in Yoga Samadhi, mm-hmm. so at that point eventually British Sura dies, I need to say, he attains the highest supreme destination and he is glorified by his quote-unquote victory. No? I mean, the point is who was the winner here, actually. So it is at this point that um, Pariksit Maharas is hearing all this story and he's it, like, out of his mind, like, who is British Asura? I mean, he's an Asura? How can he behave like that? How such a demon could it have exhibited such a bhakti for Hari? Mm-hmm. This is almost yeah, at the end of, of, of six cantas I mentioned. So then is when Sukadev says, okay, I will tell you about British Surya's previous life, to, to put in context who is he and, we, and why he is in that, was in that particular situation. So for this we need to go to the figure of Chitraketu, mm-hmm, Chitraketu Maharaj. So to say that Chitraketu Maharaj was a a king, a very pious king, nice, good king Uh, but, as many of the stories of the Bhagavatans, the king only was having everything but lacking one thing which is, I don't have a heir to my throne, I don't have a son son, so, once a a sage visited the kingdom, called Angiramuni, one of the main sages depicted in, in the Vedic tradition and again, sometimes we have this type of um okay the situation of you know, the chito is receiving the sage, honoring him, watching his feet, feeding him, asking for blood and, and saw some symptom of anxiety in the king, right? so he say what's what's going on? Mm-hmm. something is you have a full kingdom, but as you know, you can have the whole earth, but there's always something lacking <laughs> that's the nature of this world. <laughs> so. So he says, well, if a person is hungry and you and you put that person a garland, that person won't be happy. says so it's, it's okay tomorrow. <laughs> like implying, I have many things, but they are not able to satisfy other need I have. Which is, I want a son, I want someone to succeed me in the throne. Mm-hmm. So, and Giramone says, like he enters in kind of, of trance and says, well, I can see that, but according to your karma, you won't have a child, a child in this lifetime. So you imagine to say that to a king, who want to see his descendancy, descendancy, no, dynasty, dynasty no? continuing and flourishing. So Chitukita starts to cry and falls to the feet of and say, "Do something, <laughs> Not to over override karma or." <laughs> And, and and bless me somehow so I can have some somehow or other. So and Gere Muni actually went there as 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 any says she's going to visit the king to to enlighten those personalities, give spiritual knowledge, not just to throw them deeper into material life. But he realized that is not very open to that. I mean, I, I mean, I'm trying to give him some instruction, but he's just give me what I want, give me what I want. Mm-hmm. So. He realized, okay, he's not ready for this. He's not able to, to, to learn by listening. So, this you say there are two types of learning? Listening, suffering. So If you are not able to listen proper to whatever came to your life in the way of some situation or some instruction, okay, you will have to learn a lesson by some more you know, intense method, if you will. But the purpose is learning. No, not suffering, but learning, not suffering. So, he realized that. So he said, okay, I will bless you to have a son, but your son will be called Harsa Soka. Harsa Soka means happiness and distress. Harsa means like happiness, and Soka means distress. So he, like implying, you will have a son, but he will give you both happiness and distress. And she took it to say, no problem. No? I mean, he was just in ecstasy almost, material ecstasy, quote-unquote, like thinking, okay, there's always something like that with every child, he will give some problem, he will be a teenager, he will go out with his friends, who will know, with some nonsense, some distress will come in that, he didn't have an idea of which type of distress <laughs> was implied in the name of the son. Mm-hmm. So in this way, one of the many wives of the sage becomes pregnant, he was called Quinta Beauty, and. Um, eventually, a very beautiful baby is born. Chichatiti was overjoyed, and he really was absorbed into the newborn child, all day long with that particular wife of his, and almost yeah, intoxicated, playing with the child, delegating all the responsibilities in the kingdom to some other. He was totally forgotten of who he was, and intoxicated in the hearts in the joy of of having the child not considering the other part of the name if you. Will. <laughs> but he had 10 million wives I don't know how he dealt with that but Bhagavatam <laughs> say he had quite a number <laughs> so the point is that he was exclusively cons- absorbed in his, the mother of his son the Beauty and he had neglected totally all the other wives again I don't know how he was able to Properly attend all of them, but the point is that at this point, not single attention to any of them. So these ladies were burning in, how to say, in envy. Not only jealousy, because there is a subtle difference between um, jealousy and, and envy. Jealousy means, okay, he has something or she has something that I would like to have. And mm, jealousy okay there's okay to some degree but envy means i cannot tolerate that you have that particular thing that i don't have so you must lose it somehow or other so that's implied in the in enviousness no? so i cannot tolerate No. natural architect would i could define envy that way it means the lack, lack of capacity to tolerate the success of others i cannot bear with that i need to see them in distress, so I can be happy, <laughs> it's like a very particular mood so these queens were like poisoned with envy and that inner poison they had, if you will, took the form of outer poison that they gave to the baby, so they killed the baby, basically baby baby, he was just a few months so the next day, the how do you say, the lady who takes care of the baby? Maybe. Yeah, whatever. So she went and she saw that the baby was whiter than usual. <laughs> so it means he was dead, basically. So the king came and realized, oh my, my baby was killed, and he went mad. He started, He was mad already of, of joy. Now he went mad to the other side of the name, Harsa Soka. Remember what Angira Muni said. He will create some affliction. So the, of course the teaching is clear here. Whatever is giving you joy out of material attachment, that very same thing, in, in the corresponding measure, will bestow uh, misery, sooner or later. So, try to be intelligent and realize that and not be attached. Even though you have a son or not, or you have 10 million wives or not, <laughs> but... So again, fall fell to the floor and started to hit his head to the ground and was crying and shouting. So at that point Angira Muni came back. <laughs> and this time he came accompanied with Naran Muni. He was reinforced. <laughs> uh, because he said but Nara Muni was in incognito there. Uh, interesting presentation. So they saw the king. Uh, I said, but why are you crying so much? You were so happy some time ago and we and I blessed you, say Angira. Mm-hmm. And he said, Well my my baby died. I don't know how I won't get back. So Angira said, "You want your daughter back to life? Yes, please, please bless me with now. Bless me with that. No? <laughs> bless me, bless me, bless me. <laughs> what to do? You know? Sages so have to deal with that. No? Bless me, bless me. As one I remember, Narasimha Amara said that. No? Like he went to India and he said, in South India, and Indian journal, they feel okay. Sadhu comes, you have to feed him a lot, and you will be blessed." And he felt that when he was eating they put like a plate like impossible to finish and they want him to eat and to eat and to eat but actually they didn't want to serve him they want just to extract blessings <laughs> so this is i mean Krishna knows people is like that I and mean, if there's a way to that people approaches him with that intention but it's not the ultimate message of the body so the point is I, I Chitaker, to say, I want my child back, Angira. Bless me again in this way, perform a miracle. Okay, uh, okay. They send your miracle, and the baby goes back to life. Huh? So the it once again, Harsa, went to the other side of the name, overjoyed again, hmm? and, and and they start to speak to the baby. Hmm? He was no longer a baby. It was like a small child. He he was able to say some words. They say, oh, my dear child, your parents were so sad that you had gone, so happy that you are back now. So, so the, the child comes back and opens the mouth and says, my parents, which of all, which of all my parents, which parents of mine? This life, I have so many parents and millions of lives. So he started to deliver a very philosophical discourse on the nature of relationships in this world and the tempora- temporariness of this. Uh, millions of lives, blah, blah. so he started to instill, I mean he, he started to say what Angira wanted to say in his first visit, if you will, but again Chito was not ready to receive the teaching at that moment, so he had to go through suffering for eventually hearing the same thing and now being open, receptive to that, so in this way Chito became enlightened this time by the Sun, and the Sun opened those, say those words instruct the whole assembly enlighten them and pass away again but now they were enlightened so they were not, not lamenting on that so Krishna does like this sometimes Krishna will satisfy the material desire of a devotee but in such a way he says in the bottomtan that it won't take them to ask me for the same thing over and over again so you want something material okay I will give it that to you but in certain way that will take you to a higher level of detachment next time you will request something higher and higher and higher so so Chitraketu just finishing two more minutes in this way Chitraketu became sober if you will due to pain pain has a sobering effect he was able to realize the nature of of life he Anarada then was out of incognito and showed his real form gave initiation to Chitraketu he became a great Stage. and it is said that in seven days he received Darshan of Bhagavan, You can imagine that's intensive. Face to face Bhagawan appeared to him. He took he chanted that mantra very seriously. So it is said that he acquired a level of perfection like it's Jivan Mokta if you will. He went he was able to travel and to move in this space at will without being affected by any reactions and he was transcendental to this material sphere. So it is said at one point he was traveling, and he arrived to Kailash. Now because now now comes the part of Bhagyasura. No, remember we are in that context. <laughs> Do not get lost into one section of the other. <laughs> so, so Chitra-Kidu was flying in the sky mystically, and at one point he arrived at Kailash, which is Shiva's abode. And Mahadev was seated naked with Parvati on his lap, instructing, speaking Bhagavad many rishis that were during the assembly mm-hmm. so interesting because his wife parvati sometimes represents yeah maya maya Devi. Huh? so maya Devi all, all maya Devi constant condensing one personality to have her in your lap and you are naked <laughs> but she was totally non-affected by that so like a very contrasting idea there not like you have all the possible maya in one single place you are naked, that's on your lap, and you are giving Harikata. <laughs> so that speaks about Shiva's standing, totally undisturbed, absorbed in glorifying Krishna. So Chitraketu saw that, and Chitraketu was a great devotee, and he knew who Shiva was. And he expressed towards Shiva, like in a friendly way, like joking, like quote unquote insulting Shiva, like what? What, what a particular situation, someone like Shiva. Uh, in, in an assembly of great sages, of being naked with his wife on his lap. Well, it sounds somehow ironic. he was like laughing, but it was a way of indirectly glorifying Shiva and saying, "Only you can do that." No? So Shiva understood that, and Shakti was laughing, and Shiva looked at him, and he laughed. But Parvati didn't like that <laughs> at all. <laughs> she didn't catch the the gist of the of the joke. She, so basically, she she thought, you are offending my Prabhu, you are offending Mahadev, mm-hmm. And you are, uh, I mean, he's speaking Horikata in such an exalted position and for someone like you to come, interrupt that, insult him, I mean, that's proper of a demoniac mentality. So given that you exhibited a demoniac mentality, I curse you to be born as a demon. Mm-hmm. So here we have the connection with Vritsasura, as you may imagine. Mm. So say that Chitroketu was at that time flying in the sky, mm. it is said say that he was powerful enough to, to counteract the, the curse, but he didn't do it, like Paretshi, Maharas and many others, they accepted that as, okay, this is coming for some particular reason. Mm. Um, he came down, he went to the feet of Mahadev, Parvati, Ofri Pranam, mm. beg forgiveness, even though he was not really offending them, and started to glorify Parvati and Shiva and accept the curse with full humility. So, seeing that, Mahadev started to glorify Sitra Ketu. Well, there's a nice series of prayers in, in that section. There's a very famous verse he mentioned Narayana, Prasada, Kutashyana, Vidyati, which says, like, sings the glories of the devotees who see hell and, and heaven as the same. For them, hell and heaven is the same. Or, or mukti, whatever, because they are in a post liberated status. They do not care about being cursed, going here and there. So, in this way, uh, Mahadev glorified Chitraketu. as you may imagine, this is the reason why such a Mahabhagavat, Chitraketu Maharaj, appeared eventually on Brit- as Britrasur. And that's why a so called demon offered the, the type of beautiful prayers that we will, we will see starting from tomorrow. So, I will finish here. We are right on time now. So, I think if we have questions, maybe after these days that we will share in the verses, we may have some extra meetings for questions and answers that may be connected to this series or to whatever questions you may have. So, Sri Lagurved ki jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sri Harinam Sankirtan ki jai, Sri Dao Jigupal ki jai, Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Sri Britasura ki jai, Sreti kachet ki jai, Gol bring the ki